the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The second Sunday after Easter is called Good Shepherd Sunday. In the Gospel of Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. In the Epistle, St. Peter writes, You were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Many of God's favorite people in the Bible were shepherds, including Abel, Abraham, Rachel, Moses, and David. The earliest biblical reference to the shepherd as an image for God is in Genesis chapter 49. On his deathbed, Jacob blesses his son Joseph, saying, The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him, but his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob, the shepherd, the stone of Israel. When Moses was about to die, he asked God to provide a successor to lead the people of Israel. He said, let the Lord, the God of spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep who have no shepherd. Matthew 9.36 describes Jesus' concern for the crowds using these same words. It says, Jesus was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Zechariah chapter 13 verse 7 says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And Jesus quotes this very verse to describe the events of Monday Thursday. In Mark 14:27 he says, all of you will be made to stumble this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. The most extended Old Testament reference to shepherds occurs in the 31st chapter of Ezekiel, where God levels a scathing indictment on the performance of Israel's shepherds. God said to Ezekiel, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because they were sheep having no shepherd. God's answer in Ezekiel is to take over the job himself. Ezekiel 34, verses 11 and 12 proclaim, Thus says the Lord God, indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day when he is among the scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep 
and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. This provides the biblical context for today's gospel, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus fulfills the prophecy of Ezekiel 34. He gathers all the lost sheep who were scattered by the bad shepherds. In the Bible, shepherds seem to have three basic duties. They protect the sheep from predators. They pursue lost sheep who wander away. And they lead the sheep to food, water, and an abundant life. The most prominent protective image in the Bible is provided by David. When the armies of Israel cowered in fear of the Philistines and the Philistine champion Goliath, David said he was willing to fight. And King Saul objected that David was just a boy who didn't know anything about fighting. David defended his abilities, saying to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Clearly, the young shepherd David was flying under the radar, wandering out with the sheep, killing lions and bears. Malcolm Gladwell provides some helpful insight on David's skills. We tend to think of David as a boy with a slingshot, shooting at this big champion, Goliath. Gladwell says that the sling was, in fact, the equivalent of ancient artillery. A skilled slinger could hit a target a great distance with lethal accuracy. It was the ancient equivalent of essentially a modern gun. Goliath, by contrast, seemed like an undefeatable foe but he may have suffered from certain diseases that made him slow and ponderous and partially blind. Thus, David versus Goliath was indeed a mismatch, but in ways that were not apparent to the naked eye. This provides an image for the spiritual battle. It often looks like the spiritual enemies that we face are insurmountable, but the hidden power of faith, prayer, and God's word, the whole armor of God, as Ephesians says, makes us powerful to participate in Christ's victory over the forces of evil. As we abide in Christ through our life of prayer, we have the promise of Romans 16.20, which says, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Shepherds also seek lost sheep. Jesus told the parable of the man who left the 99 sheep to search out for the one which was lost. And when he came home, he had a party saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And this is the way God views sheep 
who drift away from his fold and then return. As Jesus said, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. This reminds us that if we want to participate in the ministry of the Good Shepherd, we must seek out the missing and wounded sheep. And then we must rejoice with the hosts of heaven when they return to the fold. Shepherds also lead the sheep. Psalm 23 says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In baptism and confirmation, we promise to follow the good shepherd. The epistle today gives us some instructions about exactly what this following means. It says, Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. St. Peter says that to follow Christ means to respond to evil with good and to do what is right even when we personally suffer for so doing. This is not just a command, it is part of our healing. By his stripes you were healed. The healing we experience through forgiveness and reconciliation with God frees us from the need to fight our own personal battles for vindication and recognition. We are now free in Christ to do what is right, no matter what anyone else does to us. Our growth in Christ can be measured by the degree to which we are able to let go of our old battles and fight the good fight for Christ. The Good Shepherd leads us to the resurrection and the way to get there, the way to follow him to the resurrection is the path of practicing right behavior in response to the wrong behavior of others, just like Jesus did for us on the cross. Easter is a good time to practice letting go of old battles and to practice fighting the good fight in new ways. This is how we enter more fully into the life and power of Easter. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.